Hello, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. At least it is here where we're recording. Welcome to the 3BY podcast for another episode of Thrilling Prepper Information. Oh, well, Cat, it may not be thrilling, but it is prepper information. And it might be important prepper information. It might be. We've got, we got an important subject today that we're going to talk about. And uh, it's something that uh, Spice has a lot of information on because it's in her body whack. It's the sort of thing that she does. My professional wheelhouse, as you might say. The professional wheelhouse. Topic of the day is antibiotics. Antibiotics. There's no song. There's no song. Of, uh, good there was a song. There was a song in the 1950s. There was, was a this... song? Wait a minute. An antibiotics song? I'm pretty sure there was. There okay. was this happy, happy, joy, joy song about, we don't have to worry about infectious disease anymore because antibiotics. Uh, literally, there were renowned specialists who said that their specialty was closing down in infectious medicine. Harvard and lots of other schools closed down their schools of infectious medicine. Because we had an antibiotic. Antibiotic. You take a pill, boom, bacterial infection goes right away. Wasn't that cool? It did. And it Just did. Just nailed, nailed the heck out of it. Worked like a charm. Until it didn't. Funny thing about bacteria, they've been around for, well, more than a billion years, we think. A billion years? A billion years. Carl, we got to get the Carl Sagan billion going here. <laughs> a billion years. A billion that's a lot of gears. Because they've got some lovely built-in mechanisms for dealing with challenges. They evolve their way around them. Okay. And they have, have evolved their way a, a good portion of the way around antibiotics at this point in time. With antibiotic resistance, it's a pretty well-known yeah. thing. This is not a controversial... Matter of fact, I can set this up in the form of a story that is as believable in prepper world as anything you could come to. Go for a it. lot of preppers have acquired for themselves uh, antibiotics, which are usually available only by prescription. Right. But a lot of preppers acquire them from uh, pet supply places because there are a few varieties they allow to be sold over the counter for aquarium use or other kinds of animal uses. Right. And you know those antibiotics they produce for animal use are produced in the same factories that produce the ones for human use. You don't build and two they factories. Are. I mean, it's, it's a well-known thing that it's yeah. the same. Stu- it is the same. It's stuff. the same stuff. Yeah. So to get around the need for a prescription, some preppers go out and buy these guys. Like, so imagine we've got some prepper who's got a stock of this stuff, fish mocks or whatever, amoxicillin in tablets that are sold for the purpose of dropping them into a fish tank to uh, kill the bacterial infection that's trying to kill your Identical tablets. Same exact, I mean, you can't make a tablet like that in the United States that looks like that and is labeled like that without it actually being that because that would be a federal crime. Because yeah. those are registered with the FDA. You register pill sizes, shapes, and Markings. number imprints. So yes, they so are the same thing. It you comes know what you're right getting. off the same assembly line. So, we got a prepper who's got some of these guys. Something really bad happens. And this prepper uh, can't get access to the usual medical facilities, can't get a doctor, can't get a hold of a prescription from a doctor. 
gets a bacterial infection, oh no, what are we going to do? I know, we'll pull out the fish mocks. And for the sake of argument, we'll suppose that this is the right drug for the particular bacterium this prepper or his family member has. And that is not a given, ladies and gentlemen. No. More on that later. But for the sake of argument... It's a drug that amoxicillin will knock out, or generally knock out. It's, it's a, a it's bug a, that amoxicillin... Bug, yeah. It's a bug. ...will knock out. So the prepper's looking at the dosing information, which the prepper, if he's a clever prepper, already has on hand in hard copy. Because you can Google that stuff, you know. Just yes. saying. Or you can get a book like uh, Where There Is No Doctor, where they talk about dosing for these things. By the way, that is an excellent book. We highly recommend it. And even if you can't afford to buy it right now, you can get it as a, as a free, legal PDF download. So I would highly recommend doing that. But if you can afford it, buy the actual hardbound book, because if you're in a bad situation with no power, you're not going to be able to read your PDF. Please continue. So, he's got the dosing information. He looks at his bottle of fish mocks. He reads the dosing information for how this stuff's supposed to be given. And dang, that looks like a pitifully small supply for a guy who doesn't know when he will next be able to acquire more antibiotic. Yeah, because I've got 30, I got 30 of these pills, okay, in my bottle. My bottle came with 30 in them, all right? And I got to take this for how long? Uh, I don't know. The specifics vary by thing, but a lot of it's 14 days. 14 days. Let's go with two weeks. a day. Okay, so that's half my bottle. Half my one bottle I've got. No, that's most of your bottle, because you're Once supposed to take it twice a day. Okay, well, that's almost all. Of, that's, that's one little scratch that's got infected. And our hypothetical uh, prepper gets this cold feeling in the pit of his stomach, knowing how much of the stuff he's got and not knowing when he'll be able to get more. Eek, that's pretty scary. So, well, we got a problem. This is what we got the stuff for. We're going to give the drug... He starts dosing the person with the infection with the drug. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's his kid. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, Somebody cares about, or he wouldn't be given the drug. After about five days, man, the person with the infection is looking and feeling much better. How strong is the temptation there to say, oh, thank goodness, I'm going to save the rest of these for the next time something bad happens? Almost everybody who doesn't know better would do it. If I, Virtually everybody who does not know better would say, oh, i still got 20 of these left. If I didn't know this particular story, I would do it. Because there, there are it, other parts of the world, other aspects of life in which that plan works great. But therein lies a really bad problem. Yeah, because here's what's been going on inside the person with the infection. The person started out with literally billions of bacteria having multiplied before the signs and symptoms got bad enough that they decided to dose them with the drug. So there were billions of bacteria in there. And those bacteria were not all genetically just like each other. Some had had mutations to one or more of their genes. Some had picked up some stray DNA from other microbes because there's a whole lot of microbes living in the world of different sorts. And... They swap DNA between species. Animal species don't do that really well. Bacteria don't mind doing that. So there's some genetic variation among these uh, billions of bacteria the guy's got. 
that the person with the infection's got. You start giving the drug, and the vast majority of these microbes are completely susceptible to the amoxicillin. And they die by the droves. They die by the tens of millions, by the hundreds I'm of melting. millions. I'm melting! I'm melting! Ah! And life is good for the person with the infection. White it, blood cells going, yeah, baby. Yeah, we yeah. got reinforcements, baby. Yeah, white blood cells just cleaning up all the mess is what they're doing. So, person is feeling way better. And the number of microbes living in that person and causing the illness have dropped down to maybe 1% of their previous levels. And that 1% doesn't mean anything, right? Uh, if only. Uh, uh. Which 1% survived? The, it might only be a tenth of a percent or a hundredth of a percent. doesn't matter. It could only be one stinking bacterium out of those whole billions that happened to have this cute little genetic mutation that produce a protein that would pump the drug out of the bacterial cell or that would deactivate the drug once it got in the bacterial cell or that would develop a workaround for whatever part of the metabolic pathway it was that that drug interfered with. It's a resistance gene. Do you know what, we, what this is known as? This is known as a bad thing in this instance. Yeah. If I were writing this as a set of books, this would be the setup for the sequel. There's one little microbe left, maybe just one even, but it's left over. And as it's millions and tens of millions of uh, similar bacteria around it die, and the person gets much healthier, that one remaining bacterium is looking around going, hey, look, no competition. That's Life right. is good. So what, am I going to reproduce myself just like all those guys who just died? Or am I going to reproduce myself the way I'm built? This isn't a choice. When they, they, exactly. they don't do a perfect job of it, when they the, reproduce, they're they copy their themselves. information. So 20 minutes later, you've got that one bacterium splits into two. And they both carry the resistance gene. And 20 minutes after that, you got four. And all four have the gene. And so on, and so on, and so on. If you do the math for that, it gets scary in a hurry. Because you're doubling numbers every 20 minutes or so under optimal conditions. What it looks like to the person with the infection is they felt better. They saved the other 20 drugs for the next time. And they felt better for, I don't know, five days, a week, something like that. While every 20 minutes... The remaining bacteria were doubling. Pretty soon that person starts to get the same symptoms again. Because the bacterial infection wasn't gone, it was almost gone. And everybody who's ever seen the movie The Princess Bride knows that nearly dead is not the same thing as completely dead. Yeah, so, and you can, you can take this right into that movie of Princess Bride, you know, where he says... True love, we you know when he gets his chest pumped out and stuff like that. Now, this is must reproduce. Yeah, <laughs> feeding and reproducing is what bacteria do. Every now and then they swap some DNA with somebody, but mostly it's just feeding and reproducing. So, the microbes build themselves back up. The person starts feeling sick again. Same basic signs and symptoms as before. Oh no, I'm going to have to give him some more pills. 
Yeah, I'd better give him some more of those guys. Too dang bad they don't work, isn't it? You give him the rest of the 20 pills, and the person just keeps getting worse and worse. Okay, now we got this to... Is, this is a prime example in a prepper mode, but seriously, one of the biggest problems that we're having in medicine right now is this antibiotic-resistant strains of all kinds of stuff, especially staph. Staph's really bad. Um, so is tuberculosis. Yeah, all kinds of, yeah, TB. We're, we may end up with a nation full of consumption again. It's coming back. And we have absolutely no drugs left that will treat some of the strains. In okay, a lot, a lot of this is blamed by people not following directions their doctors give them, and take your full course of medication. But a lot of this is also comes from overprescription of antibiotics by the medical community into the shotgunning of antibiotics across the world, yeah. basically. We'll give you some just in case. Right. We know you've got a viral infection. Right. But it's we'll a viral infection. You've got to understand, viruses... And bacteria are not the same thing. Giving somebody antibiotics for a viral infection will do absolutely nothing to help the viral infection. Nothing. Not a dang thing. Yet I've been at the doctor and been the doctor started writing out a script for antibiotics. Oh, yeah, you've got this viral infection. I'll just write you some antibiotics. And I'm like, why? Like, and she looked at me like, blink, blink. You're asking me why I'm giving you antibiotics? People always want antibiotics. It seems is the unwritten subtext. And then she finally comes up with, well, just in case there's a co-infection with bacterium. I'm like, nope. It's viral. It's not going to help. I'm not going to take it. Because if you take the antibiotic when you don't need it, not, okay, you're saying, well, you said it was a viral infection. What harm is it? You train antibiotic res resistance in a bunch of harmless bacteria that are living in your large intestine. There are about 10 pounds of those guys down there, by the way. And that's perfectly fine. They actually do you good down there. That's what probiotics are all about, is feeding you the right kinds of bacteria. They're harmless. Yeah. Well, but if you train them to be antibiotic resistant, they can swap genes with kinds that aren't harmless. And what happens when you take an you know if you're taking an antibiotic treatment and you, you you take it and for the first few days you you don't really notice anything then you start to feel better but then you get a whopping case of the screamers you're Diarrhea. killing off everything in your gut well not everything well, just not the vast everything. majority of things just the vast majority of <laughs> and things the and the vast resistant. majority of things are what helps you digest yeah so, so you get a raging case of the screamers. But the guys that are left are now more antibiotic resistant than they were before you took the drugs. Yeah. So. So this is both a public health problem and it's a personal problem. Now, I'm focusing mainly on the personal problem because your actions have the most impact on your personal resistance to antibiotics. There's not a lot you can do about the fact that there are antibiotic resistant strains out there because there are now and you're likely to encounter them. Now, but there are things you can do to have less of a problem with them personally. As a prepper, and as an aside, if, if the doctor were going to write me that prescription now and I had no intention to take it, I would actually get it. 
I would get it filled, and then I would put it away in the refrigerator in case I should need it in a, in a bad situation. Having said that, the question becomes, is that antibiotic that I didn't take any of going to remain potent for more than three or four years? No. And also, is that antibiotic what's going to be the proper antibiotic to use with the ailment I get in a bad situation? Maybe. But unless you're medically trained, you probably don't have a very good guess. No, not really. And you're talking about going back to shotgunning again. So... Um, I I went into this in more detail in a a post I put up a day or two ago. From when this is being recorded. Yeah. From when this... We're not sure exactly when this layer, but... But this looks like a good place to summarize the personal prepper defense strategy for antibiotic resistance. Other than the always clever, uh, don't be places where there are resistant strains. That's always nice. But Hospitals, nursing homes. Yes. Places where there are a lot of sick people who take a lot of drugs. You want to get sick, go to the emergency room. Seriously. It's an excellent place to get sick. Hospitals in general. But... The two main recommendations I've got, go big or go home. If you're not sure you you need the antibiotic, you don't take the antibiotic. And if you do that, you have less antibiotic resistance training, so you are less likely to be harboring antibiotic resistance strains. Uh, there are this Antibiotics are a special class of drugs that work only on bacterial metabolisms. Bleach is not an antibiotic. Soap is not an antibiotic. Alcohol gels are not antibiotics. There is no resistance developing to those because that's just basic chemistry, and there's not a gene that can save you from basic chemistry. Although I will say that antibacterial soap is stupid. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Actually, they have uh, the FDA recently uh, blocked the use of the stuff they were putting in all the soaps because... It's just a horrible Everybody idea. Everybody became aware of what a bad idea it was. Yeah, it, some of the... It's a marketing idea. Because soap and hot water will, is all you need to get rid of bacteria. Some of the antibacterial products actually used to put out as a slogan, kills 99.9% of germs. And my biologist self was going, oh, you mean they're, you're training them to be antibiotic resistant because it was an antibiotic. Thank you for that. Yeah, I don't think I interpreted the slogan just the way the marketers had hoped I would interpret the slogan because it made me go, run away, don't want that. Really bad idea. So don't take them unless you are convinced you really need them. But if you are convinced you really need them, go big. Take them all. Take the entire course. Take them at the recommended dosage. Because when we say things are antibiotic resistant, we almost never mean they're immune. We mean they've got defenses, and if you hit them with more of the drug, you can overwhelm their defenses. The dosing regimens and amounts you're given, the time and intensity of the drug they give when they give antibiotics, is designed, if you you take it that way, to overwhelm even the guys who have the resistance genes. So they, you felt, feel better after five days because the vast majority of bugs die. You keep taking the drug for another week. That last fraction of a percent that had the resistance genes kicks off too. And then you haven't trained anybody to be antibiotic resistant. You still get the diarrhea because it takes a while to build up your good microbes. 
but you don't have a lot of antibiotic-resistant genes hanging out in your personal interior ecology. Think of, think of it this way. When you're doing this, when you're uh, taking antibiotics orally, it's like you're hammering a nail, okay? And if you just don't finish taking your procedure, there's a chance that nail is still sticking. It may not look like it, but it's still maybe sticking up over the board. And it'll eventually work its way out and cause you all kinds of problems. So you hammer the nail and you hammer the nail and you hammer it till you get to the board. And then you hammer it and hammer it and hammer it some more because you cannot afford to have a little bit of that nail sticking out. Yeah, not only is it likely to work loose, but it's likely to tear up your foot if you step on it while it's sticking half out. Okay, now we, we, we mentioned the uh, animal veterinary antibiotics. Uh, and don't misunderstand. We're not necessarily, necessarily poo-pooing that. We're not necessarily against using that as a prep. But having said that, I am, however, wary of that wary, because yes. the average individual doesn't know what to take when and how that's, much. That's the real problem with that's, it. That's you know, the do issue. you need Cipro, or do you need amoxicillin, or do you need, you know, one of these other types? Which do you need? And you probably and can't which is the dosing you need? The really effective drugs that are re- that have the least resistance problems. Because once the medical community started figuring out how big a problem this was going to be, as the new drugs came out, they said, no veterinary use for you. Yeah, now, one of the things to keep in mind, this, you know, people blame Big Pharma a lot. Well, there's a, here's one thing that, that you got to realize about uh, antibiotic drugs. This is not a moneymaker. They make a little bit of money, but this is not a big moneymaker. Them. That's why you can buy prescriptions so cheap. So you don't, yeah, you're all, you always get these, this is the $4 per bottle drug that you can get at the, at the pharmacy, even without a, without a, uh, a prescription. They're just not a moneymaker drug. They've been around forever. They're all out of patent. And so Big Pharma has not spent a lot of effort and resources in coming up with new antibiotics because they're not a big profit center. I they suspect don't want to that develop is changing. Drugs take for, well, there are incentive programs in place to right. try and make it change, but it's not changing very fast. Because but, when an antibiotic is effective, somebody takes it for two weeks. When a diabetes drug is effective, somebody takes it for 30 years. Right. And, and they're never money, big money makers. But... You know, the thing is, sooner or later, people at the, at the uh, Big Pharma will realize when, when some of their people get sick with any, you know, their own family gets to be in jeopardy, that, hey, maybe we ought to do this. So it will eventually happen. And if they can patent one that knocks out a huge antibody, like the tuberculosis she's talking about, they can make money off or that. Or multi-drug resistant staff. Oh, yeah, or multi-drug like resistant staff. Because some of that staff, and some of that staff is really bad. Staff doesn't sound that bad. I mean, staff, it's, we're having a staff meeting. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's, it's bad stuff. I've been at staff meetings where we talked about those bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in staff meetings which almost make first brother have staff. Ah, <laughs> uh, not that bad. So anyway, 
What else you got on antibiotics? Oh, the other big thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that you have to be careful about which one you take for what. Go for because it. there are, are many different kind, uh, families of bacteria, and some of the antibiotics only work against certain subsets of bacteria, certain families of bacteria. And when possible, you want to take the narrowest antibiotic you can, the one that impacts the least number of kinds of bacteria, as long as it, infect, as long as it impacts the one you've got. Because yeah, it promotes less resistance, and it also doesn't cause you as many side effects like the diarrhea and stuff like that. There are some that are really super ridiculously specific. Like, for example, the antibiotic that knocks out yeast infections. That's all it does. It's, it doesn't do anything else. That's because yeast isn't a bacterium. It's a fungus. Oh, well, so you have it, to use a whole different class of drug that's a fungicide is, instead know, so of an antibiotic. It, you know, yeah. I had a problem where I had an infection on my leg. It was a spider bite. And I went to the doctor, and, I mean, it was getting bad. It was getting, I don't want to say life-threatening, but if there had been no antibiotics, it might have been. In a medicine-free world, it was life-threatening, yes. Um, so I went to the doctor and gave me a shot in the rump and put me on, I think it was amoxicillin, which is a pretty general, and it helped some. But after two weeks, it really hadn't knocked it. So he put me on something else. One of the newer types of drugs that has not been in circulation and doesn't have as much resistance built up in the microbe community. And my physician told me, he said, you know, with the way this is, this is prescribed, you may need two doses of this. Because this one isn't just necessarily a one-dose thing. So come back in two weeks well, before the drug runs out, and we'll take another look at it, and I'll decide whether you need another dose. And I went back, and I did. He got, got me another dose. And that knocked it out. Yeah. But he actually had a variety of microbe that was resistant to the first drug. Right. That's right. why it actually, improved I went a little bit, after, but at, then it started getting bad again. I went, I went back to the doctor after the first week because it was not working. That's when he switched me up, after the first week. And he said, but you will finish taking the amoxicillin. You're yeah. going to take it on out. Even though we're switching you, you're going to take it on out. It's not working against this, but we don't want to train every other bug you've got to be resistant to amoxicillin. Right. So I had to take the full. Man, I did. I had the screamers big time yeah. over that deal. Spider bites can be nasty. I didn't ever think anything about it. It's not the bite itself. It was the infection I got from it. Unfun. Which is common with spider bites. Preppers okay. have to be particularly careful with developing resistance in themselves because the shelf of antibiotics that preppers can get is much shallower than the shelf that physicians can get. We can't get those big, the new classes of drugs that still work on most kinds of organisms and work on a wide spectrum of organisms. You can't go down to your aquarium store and buy those guys. You can only buy a few things. You're right, Claire? Clear. Clear. So we're 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 done. So for this we're podcast. we're clear. Yeah, we're clear. That's yeah. it. We're done with this podcast. We we've actually been on our working our way back from the place. Uh, sorry about the road noise because we're in the we're in the Silverado, the 2000 era Silverado farm uh, truck, farm truck, four wheel drive farm truck, rattling around on country roads. 
went out to the place, uh, did some she mode. I was on weed elimination on all of the paved area or the graveled area. I was on weed elimination duties. Got some pretty pictures of some deer who were kindly uh, helping by doing the trimming of the plants right around the fire pit. They were actually in the front yard of the cabin. Those stupid things. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wrap it for this time and say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast or you enjoy the site, please share it with your friends. That's all we ask. So be well. Be well, and until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>